there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. Before we start, this episode discusses suicide and self-harm, so please take care while you're listening. And if you want to talk to someone about this, check out our show notes for resources. So recently, we've been diving into misinformation on Spotify and focusing on the biggest show on the platform, The Joe Rogan Experience. Today, we're looking into a topic that Joe Rogan brings up quite a lot, and it's one that's been getting a lot of national attention recently too. Kids who are transgender. So in January, Rogan had Jordan Peterson on his show, saying that most of these kids coming out as trans today aren't really trans. If you look at teenagers, for example, who want to switch genders, 95% of them are unbearably confused. And back in July 2020, he brought Abigail Schreier onto his show, a journalist who talked about how many of these kids are coming out now, partly because their friends are doing it. And this is happening to parents all across the country. Teenage girls all of a sudden deciding with their friends that they're trans, wanting surgeries and hormones and getting them. And this fear of kids getting dangerous treatments when they don't need them is something that Rogan has talked about for years. For him, he seems to be worried about little kids, like even toddlers. To inject hormones and chemicals and even surgery, that we really have a very limited understanding about how much this interaction between a scalpel and a baby body, how much of the impact that has. You're you're giving someone the green light? Is that they're talking about like making this kid a eunuch? And these worries are way bigger than Rogan. Concerns around what's going on with all these trans kids reached fever pitch just a few weeks ago when the governor of Texas called medical treatments for trans teens child abuse. Legal battle playing out in Texas right now. Politicians in more than 20 U.S. states have been trying to ban trans kids from getting the medical care they say they need. Uh, And Tennessee are the latest states to sign anti-transgender legislation into law. And this battle isn't just over what happens in the doctor's office. It's playing out in running tracks and school soccer fields across the country too. Eleven states in the U.S. have now passed legislation to stop trans kids from playing sports with the gender they identify with. So under these laws, trans girls couldn't play soccer with other girls. And one big thing that seems to be fueling all this is the panic over the fact that more and more kids are coming out as trans these days. So today on the show, we're asking... Why are all these kids coming out as trans now? Could this be because it's a bit of a trend? Well, it is true that more kids are going to the doctor now because they feel distressed about their gender than before. Like one gender clinic in California reported that from 2015 to 2018, their monthly referrals increased by five times. And other places are reporting this kind of thing too. So what is going on here? Well, one idea is that a lot of these kids aren't really trans, but rather they're getting this idea from their friends. 
That is, it's a bit of a fad. In fact, the reason that Abigail Schreier was invited onto Rogan's show was to talk about this book that she wrote called Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. And on Rogan's show, she said that what inspired her was this particular study. There's an original study that the book is, you know, ju- jumps off from, which is the Lisa Littman paper at Brown University, a public health researcher who looked into this. And she found that there was all of a sudden this huge epidemic in America um, of teenage girls deciding they were trans with their friends after social media emerge in and, and pushing for hormones and surgeries. And this Littman paper, it's been really influential, not just for Abigail Schreier. The ideas in the paper have been used to shape some of the legislation that's limiting trans rights. And some parents of trans kids have been really convinced by these ideas, that their kids aren't actually trans. So let's dive into that paper. And we did ask to speak to the researcher who did the study, Lisa Lippman, but she didn't want to talk to us. Still, though, reading her study, here's what she did. Littman surveyed around 250 parents who said that their kids basically turned trans overnight. And the vast majority of these mums and dads said that their kids didn't show any signs of being trans when they were really little. It was almost like out of the blue. Hey mum, I'm trans. Many of the parents also said that their kids had at least one trans friend and that they spent a lot of time on social media before coming out. To top it all off, some of the parents said that their kids got more popular after coming out as trans. Like one parent said, quote, being trans is a gold star in the eyes of other teens. Based on this work, Littman wrote that these kids were possibly socially influenced when they came out. And she described it as a new kind of phenomenon called rapid onset gender dysphoria. And while in the paper, Lippmann is fairly cautious, others have gone to town with this idea. So could it be true? Could a lot of the kids coming out as trans today be doing it because that's what the cool kids are doing? Well, Florence Ashley at the University of Toronto says we've got to be very careful with this Lippmann paper. It looks like it's something very scientific. And if you don't know what you're doing, if you're not, you know deep in the swamp, wading through the waters that is science, you're probably going to look at this and go like, oh, yeah. Florence wrote a critique of Littman's study. And one of Florence's big problems with it is where Littman found the parents for her study. It seems like Littman was looking for a particular kind of parent. Because to find them, she didn't, say, randomly select parents of trans kids. No. Instead, she posted her survey on several websites that are specifically made for parents who are concerned about what's going on with trans kids these days. Here's Florence. When we saw that that's where they recruited, first of all, like anybody who is remotely familiar with transphobia in in social media was like immediately knew what those websites were. And you were just like, okay, like this, this this is ridiculous. And this was like the original sin. It tainted the whole paper for researchers like Florence because it skewed the data. It meant that if you're using this study to paint a picture of the entire trans community, you can't because it's suffering from what's called selection bias. 
Littman selected certain parents, and she didn't get a representative sample. You can think about it like this. Most of these parents didn't believe that their kid was really trans. So it's not surprising that they were then looking for other ways to explain what was going on with their kid. It'd be like trying to study the sexual health of gay men by recruiting parents of gay people from like an ultra-conservative evangelical megachurch. Like, not helpful. Another thing that's a bit dodgy with this paper is that while the parents might love their kids and be genuinely worried about them, parents don't always know what's happening in their kids' heads. Producer Meryl Horn talked to Florence about this. Did they, did they talk to the trans kids themselves? Absolutely not. They did not talk to the trans kids themselves. It was purely the parents. How could a parent know if a kid is just doing this to be in the in crowd? It's very possible that the kid started to feel like they were a different gender once they hit puberty, which is something that science knows can happen. Not all trans kids work this out when they're very little. Or, Florence says, it's possible that maybe these kids did know something was up earlier on, but just didn't want to talk to their parents about it. I mean, they want to say that it's rapid for the youth, but really it's, it's rapid for the parent because it's all based on the perception of the parent. And one final thing that's made Florence and many people in the scientific community really sceptical here is that kids would do this because being trans is cool. Now, while some trans kids might get a lot of support when they come out, when researchers actually survey trans folks, on average, they find a pretty horrifying picture. So, for example, a US survey of nearly 28,000 trans and gender-diverse adults found that more than three-quarters who were out or perceived as trans in school said that they got treated badly. That's three out of four. A quarter got beat up, more than one in ten was sexually assaulted, and almost one in six left school because it got so bad. When you hear that idea that people are coming out as trans teenagers um, because it's cool. In literally which world, this idea that being trans is the easy way out is utterly nonsensical. Because, like, let's face it, yes, trans people joke about how trans people are, you know, better than cis people. It's not, nobody is taking it seriously. It's largely a way of coping with a world that's constantly telling you that being trans is the literal worst thing to be, that it's disgusting and that you should be ashamed of it. So people are taking a bit of pride back. We wanted to hear from trans kids about all of this, about what it was actually like to come out. And so we called up a bunch of them. My name is Nicole. I am 12. It was second grade when I completely turned. I got bullied a lot because of it. That's one of the main problems, bullying, that that makes it so hard. So they would just pick on me and bully me as much as they could any time they could. We have a really rough world out there. My name is Levi. I started questioning my gender when I was maybe 11, 12. I'm going to be real. I'm from Florida. You've, If you're doing that to be cool, you might be a little, a little dumb. Okay, yeah, so my name is Danny. So I was about 16 when I started thinking about it. 
was very, it was scary. I was like, what's going to happen if I come out as trans? What happens if this gets out? Am I going to be in physical danger? But not everyone we spoke to had a hard time coming out. So meet Theo and his mum, Zyla. I'm Theo. I'm 10 years old. I remember I went with my teacher. We sat down in front of the class. And I was like, yes, it's happening. And I was so excited. They were all very happy. And I think they sang like a celebration song for him at school. They did? Mm-hmm. Were they saying happy birthday or something? <laughs> they did. They sang Simantoba, Mazeltoba, Mazeltoba, Simantoba. And as for this idea that trans kids picked up this idea from their friends, well, for the kids we spoke to, it was the other way around. Most of them didn't know any trans people until they themselves started thinking that perhaps they were trans. Um, I was, like, really happy to meet other people who have that experience. Most of us are some form of you know, queer, bi, gay, trans. And we were kind of just like the weird kids. You just feel, you feel safe. I felt finally comfortable. Hey, this is what I'm going through. I'm not alone. Let's be friends. Let's be besties. Let's be buddies. (laughs) So we're not seeing evidence for this idea that kids are coming out as trans in droves because it's a fad. but this still leaves us with the question of why are more kids coming out? Well, we don't have a lot of good research on this, but one idea is that it's just because people are talking about being trans more often. It's more visible, with more trans folks on TV and more resources online. So for kids who are struggling with their gender, it's easier for them to find out what might be going on. There's also some evidence that kids are finding online communities where they feel safe. And that also might mean that they feel more comfortable coming out in the real world. All right, our next question. Once kids do come out, what happens next? Are they being shoved onto serious life-changing treatments? Because people like Rogan are up in arms about this, saying that we're injecting nasty chemicals and even doing surgeries on toddlers. But... Under the current guidelines from the American Academy of Pediatrics, if you think your little kid might be trans, you don't do any of that stuff. No medication, no surgery. You start slow with something called social transitioning. If your kid wants to change their name or cut their hair short or wear a pretty dress, you say, go for it. And just doing this kind of thing, it can make a big difference. So let's go back to Theo, our trans boy who we met before, who came out to much fanfare when he was in kindy. Before all that, there were some tricky times. We talked about it with Theo and his mum, Zyla. I don't know why, but I thought boys were, like, cool and I wanted to be cool, like, boys. Well, I also wanted, like, a penis. I just told my parents. I said that I want to be a boy. But then he started saying things that were really shocking to hear from a three and four year old. He would start to say things like, if I were to die, what if I were to die and come back as a boy, would that be okay? What if I were to go back into your stomach? Would I have to die if I go back into your stomach? And he started talking about dying and death. 
And to hear a three or a four-year-old say that, for me as a parent, I mean, that's shocking. We saw him just starting to retreat inward. Like, I guess I wasn't like myself. The kid that we knew was starting to go away and we didn't understand it. I Googled exactly phrase word for word what he was saying. And then I started seeing transgender like parents across the board saying, yep, welcome to our club. Like, I was like, oh. And Zyla and her husband wanted to support their kid, but they weren't sure about the right thing to do. You know, we felt this fear of like, well, I don't want to force him to be a boy if he's really not a boy. And I don't want to make him be a girl if he's not a girl. And we were just, it was this really fine line that we were kind of dancing around for a while. Do you remember the last time we forced you? Oh, it's so awful. We forced you to wear a dress. Oh, it tears at my heart. He was so young. Um, When he was four, it was a preschool graduation. And I really wanted him to wear a dress. And this is so terrible. I said, men wear dresses. And so I got out Google and I was like, men with a dress. And I was showing him pictures of men in dresses. And I can remember still watching the kids walk in from, you know, they walk in as the procession. And his face, his, he was just down, you know, and he was just like this and just, oh, and he was so uncomfortable. And if I had just let him wear a pair of pants with a shirt and a tie up there, we would have for sure seen a different a different kid. It breaks my heart to think about it. And um, and that was the last time. I mean, I was like, no, we're never doing this again. It was just so, it was so silly of me to have wanted that for him. Theo, do you remember when you got your hair cut? Do you remember that experience? Yeah, I remember. I wanted to be bald or something. Oh, every time mm-hmm. you saw a bald man, he'd say something like that. So then I got it pretty short. Like, pretty sure close to bald, but it's not bald. It was, like, so short. After I got it, then we looked in the mirror, and I went big smile on my face. And then I said, when do I get a penis? And I was like, when do I get a penis? <laughs> that was it. Theo completely transformed, and everybody saw it. I mean, instantly. It's just like this child just came back to life or came to life for the first time. All this joy just flooded right back into him, you know. So if you hear about three or four-year-olds transitioning, we're not talking about medicine. We're talking about buzz cuts and wearing pants. But it's not going to be haircuts forever. Kids like Theo will eventually need to make some tough decisions about whether to start taking medication like hormones. And it's these kinds of drugs that have got politicians up in arms. Bills across the US call this medicine dangerous. They say that it can make kids infertile, sometimes even claiming that these treatments amount to genital mutilation. Oh, I'm, I'm very much opposed to chemical castration of minors. I mean, I think that that's a really, really, uh, I mean, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know that this existed. You know, we have a gender clinic here in our state, and they are treating children as young as six years old with puberty blockers. And those drugs have terrible lifelong uh, negative effects. So are these treatments dangerous? To find out, go check out our full episode on trans kids, where we take a deeper dive into the science of gender-affirming treatments. We also take a look at the controversies around trans kids and sports and ask, do they actually have an unfair advantage? To listen to all that, just head over to our main feed. You can do that by searching for Science Versus in Spotify 
and then clicking on our episode on trans kids. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. I'll fact you next time. 